Hi everyone, Terry Walbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. I uh, just wanted to take a moment to say hello before today's episode. I have been finding uh, black feathers everywhere. It's been kind of strange. I have always found hearts everywhere. Hearts, 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 hearts. I even talk about it in this episode coming up. Um, and I'm still finding hearts. I still I saw one this morning walking out the front door. Uh, but all of a sudden black feathers and so my sister she finds feathers all the time so I was telling her about it well right before our mom died in March uh, March 14th on my birthday um, we were at hospice and my sister had walked out to her car in a parking garage outside of the hospice facility and found this incredibly beautiful black feather and brought it in so now I'm telling myself, oh my gosh, there are messages from my mom because of that black feather because Katie came in and talked about it and over the top of mom, she was no longer conscious, but we know she was listening and how excited she was about this feather find, this black feather. So I'm just sitting here staring at one right now that I that I picked up and kept um, and put it in a little typewriter decorative thing on my desk where I keep pens and my glasses and so forth and so it's sticking up but um, so yeah just keep aware of the signs and keep your eyes open and uh, your heart open um, for signs of love and um, guidance so all right I hope you do enjoy today's wonderful beautiful inspirational episode Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and so very happy to have with me today Dawn Kohler, and she is founder of Kohler & Company, an executive coaching firm and author, and so much more. So welcome, Dawn. Well, thank you, Terry. appreciate it. I'm enjoying your presence already. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, I'm, I just told you, I said, I'm excited to learn about um, what brought you into the work you're doing now, you have three books and um, the executive coaching role that you have. You had a shift happen in your life. I did. Uh, or a crisis, you know. <laughs> Oftentimes it's the same thing, right? Yes. Well, I was, uh, I started off really uh as an entrepreneur, I mean, young, like 22, we started a, my husband and I at the time started a computer company and grew that through the state of California, kind of in the right place at the right time. And then around 33, it really hit me. And I experienced it very much as a summons. Uh, It wasn't really like I had much of a choice in the matter. Uh, Had I had a choice, I probably would have just kept doing what I was doing because I was enjoying myself. We had three young kids at the time. We had a computer company, uh, but this really took me down. Uh, I, I literally couldn't get into my office one day. I couldn't get out of the car, and this inaudible voice came to me that said, "This is no longer your way." So the inaudible voice was new, as was the fact that this path was changing. I went home after that and felt a sense of falling uh, almost into like this abyss of emptiness. And it was so significant and so profound. And at the same time as I was having this sense of just falling, I also had this incredible knowing that there was a reason for all this. So that really started the journey 
I went into psychotherapy to figure it all out. And uh, what was interesting about it is my first therapist, when I told her everything that was happening to me, and this very strong feeling that there was a reason for all of this, and these kind of inaudible messages that were leading me, including leading me to her, she said, I think you're having a spiritual awakening. And I had a spiritual awakening. What is that? I mean, I wasn't, I, I don't have any kind of religious orientation. I still don't. I wasn't of that elk, if you were. I was a business major trying to run a computer company. So it began a very interesting journey of truly expanding, you know, learning more about who I was, who other people were, um, the trauma that exists inside of us, the behavior as a result of that trauma, uh, letting go, opening up, you know, it's it's kind of like giving birth to our children. There's the contraction and the expansion, the contraction and the expansion. And then finally, you do give birth to yourself in, in a way you never knew yourself to be. And it took about, a, it was a good three-year journey until that happened. But that was really the story uh, or the the, the 60,000 foot story behind what was changing my life. Wow. And you are speaking to me on such a soul level. I'm in the midst of a spiritual awakening right now myself. And yes, to get these messages. Oh my gosh. It's so profound. Mine, mine is a physical healing journey um, over the last few years. And I, during a meditation this morning, I was laying there, I have this horrific rash that comes and goes and comes and goes. And, um, I, I was just meditating and, and praying and whatever, whatever you want to call it of please just continue to give me the guidance. And every, every time I open myself up, like you said, open yourself up to it. It is like all of a sudden something will come across my path and it's like, Oh, Okay, there's the next piece of the puzzle. So now do you teach women how to do what you've done? Well, let me go back a little bit. Uh, it's quite miraculous when you tune into it, like you're tuning into it now. When you start to recognize, you know, help is available. And we get it when we open to it. And we are willing to go into meditation and say, help me, what are the next steps? And then, you know, you get you you get on what I, I often liken to the yellow brick road. You know, yes. The yellow brick road sort of presents itself as does the flying monkeys, as does the witch, the good one and the bad one. And we really travel through, you know, our everyday experiences that are helping us to grow and helping us to expand. But in that, they can also create scenarios and situations that are very frightening and very anxiety provoking and disorienting and, and all of those things. So um, do I teach women that now? I think I bring this into all my coaching sessions in some way or another. Now I'm in corporate America coaching executive women how to uh, really move into the next role, to you know be a stronger leader, have better interpersonal skills, impulse control, those type of things. But they're all related because it's all embedded in who we think we are. Uh, oftentimes, what keeps us small or keeps us from growing into some of those bigger jobs or scope can often be our own sense of inadequacy, our, our protective strategies that contain us and don't really let us be seen. 
uh, don't allow our voice to really come through in a way that it could. So it gets all related, but I would say that given the nature of the spiritual journey and all the different modalities of psychotherapy that I went through, coming out the other side, I'm in the business community. So I've really had to translate that, sometimes just using different vocabulary, uh, helping people move through their own obstacles to come to a place of a deeper knowing of themselves and releasing themselves from the from the inhibitors. Yeah, well, that's very profound and and so accurate because no matter what our role, so you you think of our role as our our job role, right? We ca- we still carry with us. We don't leave our so called baggage at the door. We don't leave our traumas or whatever it is. So we we carry that with us into those roles. So yeah, in it in an executive role or a business role or a business owner role, uh, certainly I know myself like overcoming uh, imposter syndrome. And, uh, you know, that was something I I carried with me (laughs) wherever I went, couldn't drop that baggage. (laughs) It plays itself out in the workplace all the time, you know, and even things like we, we took a role in our family of origin. Well, then we go into work and we're still in another family scenario and we're still acting in certain ways that became natural to us in that origin. So we just keep bringing it through our life until either life forces us to examine ourselves or we are more proactive and do it intentionally and and avoid some of those pitfalls that some of the trajectories we're on can cause. Uh, So I, I think, you know, I'm really an advocate for people to volunteer instead of recruit for their own healing uh because it's it's a little bit easier i think when you walk into it knowing i've got some things to heal until you hit that wall you know get ahead of it we all have either a big t or a small t trauma and the more we can say you know we're in this really dynamic time in our history right now we're all being summoned to heal in some way or another and if we can get involved in it and participate in that healing for ourselves, it's the best thing that we can do for our humanity. You know, each oh. of us are a cell. And every time we clean our own cell, it, it, it helps and assists the other cells in the body. So really my work is around helping people understand that this is the time to do this work. And we have a responsibility to it, I truly believe. Oh, for sure. And I love that you just brought up the big T and little T. My therapist, uh, I still do EMDR therapy for processing trauma. Mm -hmm. And she, the other day, last Tuesday at our session, she said, Terry, you know, we've gone through, you've processed all of the big T's and I had horrific trauma in my, my first 22 years of life. And so I started talking to her about something that I was just like, ah, you know, no big deal. She sat there and she was like, Terry, do you understand how much of an impact this is having on on this and this? Like this is explaining and shining a light on so much. But to me, it was such a little thing compared to all the big things that had happened that you're you're right. Like we really do need to get ahead of it. And I just had never paid attention to it before because I thought, oh, you know, it's really not that big of a deal compared to those other things. Well, yeah. and also we're, we're so dismissive to ourselves, unfortunately, and we live in a dismissive culture. So it, it's really easy to either compare 
one pain to another and go, that's nothing or compare it to somebody else. There's always somebody that you could find worse off or that we feel is suffering more and dismiss it because of that. But, uh, dismissing it doesn't help. You know, it's not going to heal anything. It's not going to, it's not going to help us build a better relationship with ourselves so we can continue to expand because that's what's happening. We're expanding. We're wearing shoes too small for our feet right now and our feet are hurting. <laughs> and, you know, the world is saying, take off those shoes and let's move into this next level of awareness and consciousness and capability, because we are as a humanity moving into something where we will become much more capable. But in that process, it's, it's, it's painful because oh, yeah. it's expanding us and expanding our capacity to love and to feel and to have compassion. And um, it's it can be depending on your big T or your little T. It, it can be a difficult journey getting there. Yes, I had a visual the other day during meditation of of um, a cocoon and that struggle of you know you know you're in there you're changing it's it's happening in the metamorphosis is that the right word? Um, but then you've got to wiggle your way out and get your way out of there. So yeah, I loved what you just said about the shoes too small. It's kind of like, okay, this little space is getting too small. It's time to wiggle my way out. And it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. And, and, you know, sometimes you burst through and sometimes it's in spurts and then you get tired and you, you know, we're, we're constantly fighting ourselves. You know, we're trying to retain us back in that space that is known, that is comfortable, that is safe. When this larger part of this is, you know, our, DNA is going off saying, no, it's time to grow. And so we're having this growth spurt at the same time, our, our fears and our comfort zones are trying to contain us. And it's, it's, it's a struggle and it's a painful one for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. To make a little bit of a turn here. So you've released, you have a memoir, correct? And um, is it messages, the messages? Called the messages. And it is story of what happened after I couldn't go to work anymore. And it really is, it depicts that healing journey. In the book, I'm describing it to my 25-year-old daughter. So we're doing a flashback from current times to what happened when I was in my early 20s, and then coming back and showing the relevance to that story. And through the story, you know, I'm traveling through different different therapies, including I had a six week stay at an outpatient um, you know, treatment center. <laughs> and the people that I met in that six week period of time was really just profound. I mean, it was incest survivors as, as such as myself. There were, we were in a very small group with a, a prostitute, um, a movie producer, a, I mean, it was all Elks of life. We're in this group of six or seven women. There was a woman in there that, you know, she was one of two survivors in a postal mass shooting, uh, oh, in Southern God. California. And it was, it just had, everybody had a little bit, of, not a little bit, everybody had been affected by different kinds of trauma that are rapid today. And you see this and, and the different ways that we were processing it, the different ways we made what happened to us make sense to us in our lives, which oftentimes can perpetrate the abuse even more or perpetuate it, I should say. And so, you know, we all had came from very different 
parts of life and we're experiencing different kinds of trauma in very different ways. And it was just very fascinating to see that, you know, within that group, you could, you could bring it down to a core wound. Half the women were trying to prove that they were worthy. I was in that half. And the other half were trying to prove that they weren't. But the core, the core issue there was everybody felt that they were terribly inadequate. Yeah. And just coming at it from different angles, you know, yeah, I'm going to prove this feeling right, or I'm going to prove it's not right. Either way, it supports the premise that we're terribly inadequate. Right. Uh, because if you're trying to overcome it, you're supporting the fact that you are it. And it truly is a belief or a feeling. It's not a fact. And it certainly isn't who we are. We have to travel these paths to really understand that that's not true, that it's probably the greatest myth of our culture today is this sense of just being core inadequate. Yeah. Or and unworthy. So do you find, um, this is going to go go down the rabbit hole a little bit, <laughs> go deep for just a second. Okay. Because every every trauma is so different. We're all on, I say it often on the show, we're all on our own healing journeys. None, none of us has, it's not a trauma race of one person having worse than the others. It's just if trauma is trauma, if you're hurt, you're struggling, you have pain, it's it's real. That the solution then is just as vast that because there is no one solution to fixing it. Absolutely. There is no one solution. It is your path to your healing is as unique as your fingerprint. That's why these internal messages, tapping into them, understanding them, getting a better relationship with the resources that we have internally is so important because nobody's going to be able to tell you how to heal. Now, somebody could suggest something, but if it's true for you or if that's the right way, it's going to hit you in the chest. It's going to hit you in a way that says, ah, that's it. That's the next way. Uh, but certainly in the book, the messages, I had messages that were very, um, that, that just absolutely opposed conventional wisdom. And I knew in my heart, I had to follow those. Uh, despite what therapists were telling me, despite what conventional wisdom told me, I knew that it was so strong inside of me. It's like, no, I have to do this. And that prevailed. It absolutely did prevail. So you've got to really get that relationship with yourself. So you understand you're on this journey with this part of you that is immensely intelligent and knows exactly how to heal you. Uh, and some people will reflect it back and some people will not. And some people will try to deter you. And if anything, I, I always tell my clients, strengthen your core. And your core is that relationship to uh, that deeper, wiser part of you. Yeah. Powerful, powerful words. I mean, you've got my wheels turning. Did you see them? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Wow. Thank you for that. I'm going to have to play this back just to be like, oh, journaling on that tonight. <laughs> Wonderful. So is there anything that you wanted to talk about specifically that we haven't had a chance to, to talk about yet? I think just mainly because we are in this time of really evolutionary growth. 
I look at it as we have not been in this dynamic of a time of evolution since monkeys crawled out of the tree and just started to decided to you know walk upright. It's that much of a consciousness expansion, and it's necessary for our survival. We we need to become aware of our interconnectedness to all of us, and until that really hits mass consciousness, which I think we're probably many decades away from that, that's going to be the game changer. But until we get there, the more people that can get there, the easier this path will be. So I really encourage people and particularly women, because I think women intuit this right now. I think women have a little bit easier time going inside and finding the truth, that true voice. There's plenty of voices in there that are going to critique you and criticize you and tell you all kinds of things. But they shouldn't be the ones governing, uh, you know, shouldn't be the ones governing you. The, the person you want governing you is your purest, most benevolent, wise self. And those other ones need to get kicked out of the chair. <laughs> we can appreciate them. We can listen to them. You know, they too are trying to support us in their own way. But oftentimes they come from uh, childlike thoughts and childlike perceptions of the world. And they, they're not going to help us grow up. Uh, what's going to help us grow up is tuning into those wiser parts that have always been with us as well. But the, that's where we want to align and that's who we want to govern. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I've been doing a whole meditation series and it's on stepping out of current me, like now me, and, and turning and doing 180 and facing current me as my loving wise self. Yeah. And the one yeah. that you know, people come to for advice or ask questions of. And so in being able to then talk to and encourage current me as my loving white self, it's just such a cool, cool experience. And yeah, so I totally relate to what you're saying. And we have this, uh, this ability and it's, you know, it's in us, it's in all of us. It's, you know, we had a wise self when we were five uh, and we have a wise self, wise self. Now it's just, as you get older, you come into, hopefully you come into that a little bit more. I think that is what the maturation process is about. That's what, you know, spiritual growth is about coming more into that sense of self. Uh, but there's so many distractions and deterrents out there that can keep us from really knowing that. So for the more people can just, you know, put a pause on all of the different things that fragment you and come back to that meditation, come back to the things that chime us into that loving space, like you said. I was listening to a meditation about a week ago and he was saying one of the ways you find it is you think about a young child that, you know, skins its knee or is hurt and who you become to go help that child. And it was so easy because you know, I have a three-year-old grandson and I think, you know, if anything, if he's hurt, if he's anything, the smallest of things, who I just like become is this, you know, full light beam mom. Yes. <laughs> uh, just come help him. And it's, it's a very loving, it's very compassionate. It's very calm. And as soon as I chime into that, I know I've chimed into my higher self. Wow. Uh, that's such a beautiful, yeah. What a great way to tap into that. Mm-hmm. It is. A, it's really been a, you know, there's lots of ways to tap into it, but for me, it's, that was a very fast way to get there. For some people that have strong, um, you know, religious orientation, maybe it's something iconic within that. 
Maybe it's something that they had a moving moment uh, in church or in nature where they can go back to that time or go back to, you know, whatever the symbol is and that gets them there. But if you just think of what gets you, or sometimes it's a sound or a smell or a song or a painting, you know it because you feel very at peace and you feel bigger. <laughs> There's a bigness to it. There's a, you can feel your spirit expanding, right? Yes. Uh, and when you feel that spirit expanding, whatever's happening in that moment is the thing that's chiming you in to that bigger sense of self. Oh my gosh, I love it. I find hearts everywhere, every day, all the time. And just, but I'll I'll be walking in nature. Um, and I swear, I call them angel whispers, but it's almost like something is like, hey, 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 look, look, look. And I'll turn and on, you know, all the leaves surrounding me, but right there next to me, I'll turn and look. And and a bug of some sort will have eaten a little heart shape into a leaf. And I just happen to turn and see it. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, thanks. And then I, you're right. Like, I feel my heart swell. And I'm just brought into this moment of love and reminded, like, love is all around us all the time. And it, it is. It's just that bringing me right back here right now into that love moment. I love it. And if we think of it, you know, life is living through us. So the more we can open up for life to live through us, it wants to expand us, wants to be bigger. It wants us to carry in this energy. And I do believe, you know, everything's gives is birthed of women. I think women are going to bring this energy in that's going to elevate us as a species. So I, I really encourage women, because again, we feel it. And I nothing against men. I love men, they're wonderful. But I just think because we are wired with that intuitive sense of self, we just uh, really have an advantage to come into this. And this is the time. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's just been an absolute pleasure to have you here. So how do how do folks connect with you and find your books? Uh, my books are on Amazon, so or you could go into my website at dawncoller.com. It's D-A-W-N-K-O-H-L-E-R.com. And the book is called The Messages, a Memoir. Uh, it's an audible, it's an you know, paperback, you name it. Every every format you can get, you could get it in. Uh, but I really encourage it because it's I think if anything, it really depicts how. As soon as we, as soon as we wake up to the fact that we are being trying, something inside of us is trying to wake us up, <laughs> uh, we can be led on these journeys. And it was miraculous. Everything I needed uh, and when I needed it showed up. And over the course of three years, and I, you know, I just bowed down to the intelligence behind the source behind my journey, because I, there's no way I have the intelligence to organize, <laughs> orchestrate what happened to me. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be patient. I'm on the last little leg of it. Like everything has cleared up. Everything's doing wonderful. Labs are good. All is wonderful, but this rash and I'm just like, Oh, come on. So <laughs> I'm trying very, very hard to be patient, but keep reminding it. I'm here. I'm waiting. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like everything that crops up in its body. It's like, okay, what, what, what's the message you have for me? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you again for 
shining your light of hope into the world for joining us here today and uh, yeah, sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. And I just love the work you're doing and how it's getting out there. And it's just so wonderful, your success. I'm so happy for you. You know, you're giving a venue for folks like me that hopefully can inspire folks out there. So yes, wonderful. Well, I'll put links and everything, folks. I'll put it in show notes. If you want to scroll down, you can find links to uh, Dawn's website and and Amazon and books and all that fun stuff. So awesome. Well, I wish you the best, Terry, and I hope our paths cross again. Oh, for sure. Yes, me too. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywelbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywelbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for uh, thanks for again being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.